I had a crazy day yesterday and I came home. I was so tired and my kids were asking me for like 10 different things at once and I snapped at them. And that, I immediately had the thought, I was like, gosh, I'm such a bad mom. Like here I am working all day long. I'm super busy, and then, but I'm depleting myself and I come home and I don't have my energy for my kids. So I immediately started going down this shame spiral of like, Ugh, I'm a bad mom. I thought I could balance this and I can't. Look, look what I'm doing. I don't want to come home and snap at my kids. And that negative self-talk started. This is something that I do often and I know I'm not alone because I hear it day in and day out with my clients, whether it's about their careers, their exercise, their health goals, their food intake, their weight, their body, like there always seems to be this, I am not enough, my workout wasn't enough, I'm not fit enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not healthy enough, I'm not insert whatever enough. And If you are one of these people that tends to gravitate towards negative self-thoughts, you're not alone. Research actually estimates that of the 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts that we have per day, 80% of them are negative. 80%. That's crazy. That means most of the day we are thinking negative thoughts either about ourselves or our situation, and we're not actually in a posture of productivity to work towards bettering ourselves, improving our health, reaching our goals, we're kind of stuck in this sticky negative space. One of my favorite psychologists and coworkers once told me that our brains are like Velcro to negativity and Teflon to positivity. So that positivity, like it'll come, but it just slips off really, really fast. But when we have a negative thought, we cling to it and it sticks to us and it follows us around. And this is this is bad news because you know, when I was in that space and I started going down that shame spiral of thinking, you know, I'm, I can't balance this work life. Like I'm not a good enough mom. I can't, I can't work and be the kind of mom I want to work. Like when I started sitting in that mind space, it led me to do things that did not make me feel like a good mom. So then I was stuck in that mental space and it was distracting me from actually being present with my kids, hearing what they needed, taking a deep breath and trying to tend to them and connect with them. No, instead I was just stuck in my head beating myself up. So Regardless of whether or not the thought is true, it didn't actually help me work towards counteracting it. And it, it just leaves us stuck. So this is a major problem for many reasons when we are trying to make behavior changes, when we're trying to improve ourselves. And I want to share with you guys today one of my favorite techniques in rewiring our brain and redirecting some of these thoughts so that we can stay in a posture of growth and gratitude and that we don't get stuck in this negative mind space. Hey girl, you are amazing and you possess this unique inner awesome that the world so desperately needs. And guess what? Your body size has nothing to do with that. But I get it. I spent way too many years living in insecurity and I have spent the last decade working with women just like you who have struggled with the same. And when it comes down to it, I think our amazingness becomes all too easily eclipsed by two things body bullying, which in turn impacts how we take care of our body. Whether it's over or under eating, over exercising or not moving at all, moving from dieting to anti-diet culture, girl, the pendulum just keeps swinging. I started this podcast because it's time to break up with body bullying and find a way to live balanced in your body. I'm Jess, a body bully warrior, registered dietitian, and food freedom guru. I believe that when we stop letting culture define health, beauty, and what we should and shouldn't eat, we are finally free to live in our own bodies. This podcast is just one of the many resources I have for you ladies. 
be sure to head on over to jessbrownrd.com. Check out my ebook, e-course, supplements, meal plans. Guys, I've got so much more for you and I'm adding to that list on the daily. Are you ready to channel your inner awesome at a whole nother level? Grab a cup of coffee, lace up those running shoes, and let's dive in to today's show. I'm a super visual person, so I like to think of things in like visual format when I'm trying to conceptualize something. So when we think of thoughts coming in to our mind and, our, and going and processing through our brain, how I like to picture it is like, the trigger is a marble. So when something happens to us or when we see something or a thought comes into our mind, I imagine a marble sitting on top of my brain. And my neuropathways and the process in which I think about that thought and how I carry that thought starts to carve a path for that marble. So it's like if I have a thought about my body, I have that marble sitting on top of my head. And the more I think about my body, it starts carving this path. And like, let's say the path is I don't like my body. I'm too fat. I don't like my hips. I blah, 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 like whatever it is. And some of those pathways may have been like presented to you from other people. Maybe somebody said something to you. Maybe you read it in a magazine. You saw it, it was triggered from like a movie. I mean, those those pathways are presented to you. So you've got this marble and this pathway. And the more you have that thought about yourself, the deeper that pathway gets. And then it's just natural. It's like I see my body. And now it goes down these pathways of negative thinking. These negative thoughts are deeply ingrained in my brain. Now to overcome and change those thoughts, I really have to work to carve a new path. So it's like I, I have the thought about my body and automatically like gravity just pulls that marble down the pathway that's been ingrained and deeply dug in my brain. But when I'm trying to restructure it, it's like I have to catch the thought before it rolls, before gravity catches it. And I have to push it down the other side of my brain and start to carve out a new path. And that's going to take time. I mean, I can repeatedly have that thought, you know, see my body, have it presented to me. And it's like, I'm going to have to catch that marble many, many times and push it down a new path over and over and over again until the new neuropathway is deeper than the old one. That can take so much time and energy, but it can be done. And I want to share that image with you guys because I do think a lot of times when we're trying to restructure our thoughts, it's like we get frustrated when we go back to our old ways. It's like when I had that thought yesterday about being the kind of mom that I am and balancing my mom life and work life. You know, I, I even got irritated with myself. I'm like, Jess, you, you work on this stuff with other people for a living. Like, why can't you just stay in your positive, productive space? And I had to I had to let that go. I'm human too. I had to let that go because it really, it doesn't help me. And it's just kind of our natural human nature to stick to that negativity. But I continually have to carve it out. And I do know that over time, it does start to become more natural. Like I will say the negative thoughts about my body, they come now, but I don't, they don't go down the old pathways ever. In fact, when I have them, even if they do start to roll, it's kind of like I just don't care about that thought anymore. Like I've done enough work where the marble might go down the old like, oh, you're not you know, pretty enough, you're not fit enough, you're not whatever enough, you know, you're not curvy enough, like all those things, they, they might pop up, but it's like I know well enough now that even having those thoughts, they don't actually support me or help me. 
And so I might just let it roll and like fall off my brain instead of getting stuck there and running with it. But I still have to work on some of the others. Like I've done the work with my body and now I'm working on my my mamahood stuff. <laughs> and I think everybody at all periods and points in our lives, we're trying to combat this negative self-talk and trying to, I mean, it's, it's a constant daily battle where we're having to throw and push and and fight against this negativity that can present. But here's why it's so important. When we experience these negative self-thought, we experience a spike in stress hormones, which physically impacts us in not so great ways. And I don't think it helps us, especially when it comes to our health and we're trying to improve our overall well-being. It can actually make our muscles become weaker. It increases the rate at which we store fat interrupts our sleep, which also impacts our hormone balance, and it can disrupt our gastrointestinal tract and decrease our ability to absorb micronutrients. So I'm like, oh, I don't want any of that, right? Like, I don't want to sleep poorly. I don't want to increase my or my body fat storage. I don't want to weaken my muscles, and I definitely don't want to miss out on micronutrients. This is what that negative self-talk does physiologically to us. I have a few things for you to think about to help combat some of this negative self-talk. So when you get these thoughts, one of the first things we can do is label the type of thought that they are because that can help neutralize them. When these thoughts come in, they can feel so powerful that it almost paralyzes us. But if we have some ways to label them and identify them as negative self-talk, it, it can help us to like pull back from the power that they might have over us and start to break them down. I'm going to go over five different types of negative self-talk and what they look like and what they might feel like in your brain. So the first is the all or nothing thinking. This is the type of thinking that is like the pendulum swinging from one way to the other. (laughs) This is the one I do the most. Oh my gosh. I fight this one on the regular. It's like either I am a rock star doing amazing things or I am a total failure. I am the healthiest person I know, or I am like someone who doesn't even know how to take care of themselves. I'm the best mom in the world because I can do it all, or I am the worst mom in the world. What the heck was I thinking? And it's this pendulum swing from one to the other. We can do this. I often see this done with relationship or outcomes. Like I will never get a raise. Nobody cares about me. I'll never be in the body I want to be in. I always screw up no matter what. And this type of thinking is, it's not only detrimental to your overall happiness, but it's really not based in reality. It is not true that no one cares about you. It is not true that you will never get a raise. It is not true that I am a terrible mother or that I am a total failure. Like those things just aren't true. And if you get stuck because you're like, well, it might be true. Like, let's take the raise one, for example. Like, if you think it might be true, you'll never get a raise. It might be true if you never do the work to get a raise. So it, it's, it pulls the extremeness out of the situation and helps us to identify what, what is more within our control as opposed to just sitting on this pendulum swinging from one to the other. So the other is seeing only the negative. And getting stuck there. And this is um, one of my favorite exercises is name 10 things that have gone right today. And I'll do this with clients who are really stuck in the negative space and they can see like only the stuff that's going wrong. If you can pause for a minute and just start to list 10 things that have gone right, either in your day or the particular situation that you're struggling with. So I'll do this with people um, with body image stuff. Where it's like they, they're so angry at how their body looks and what they've done to their body and how they've gotten to this place with their body. And I'll say, okay, 
I get that. Like that's that's how you're feeling right now. But what I want to do is invite you to say 10 things that are going right with your body. And they can be super little things or really, really big, important things to you. But let's just get 10. And this process is really cool because they'll start with like, uh, you know, they'll roll their eyes and they're annoyed with me because <laughs> we don't like to try to go to the positive when we're sitting in the negative. I don't like it either. <laughs> but they'll start with like, well, I, yeah, you know, I can walk. I'm grateful that I can walk. And sometimes I'll help them with this. Like, you're not in the hospital today. Once they get to about three or four things that have gone right or positive, it's like it just starts flowing. And this will change our brain physiologically to open us up to be more receptive to forward thinking and positive thinking. The next one is called future tripping or catastrophic thinking. This is like when we have a thought and we start to immediately go to worst case scenario. How many of you do this? <laughs> I do this at least once a week, at least. But it's this, it's called future tripping. It's like, if I do this, then blah, 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 blah will happen. Or, and, and we go to the most awful situation. And this is a trap because when we sit in this space, again, how does it help us? It doesn't. It starts to focus on the negative and it traps us there. Because even if the worst case scenario did happen, the truth is we don't know what the future holds. And history shows that worst case scenarios seldom come to pass. Um, They rarely happen. So why worry about something that hasn't happened yet and most likely never will? You guys may have heard of the analogy of worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it gets you nowhere. And I love that visual because that's what this future tripping or catastrophic thinking does for us. I like to do something called, instead of future tripping, future flying. And this is also a fun exercise to do. And you can do this anywhere. It's like if you catch yourself going down that future tripping, worst case scenario mindset, let's try to flip it and let's do, let's future fly. What if it all works out? What if magically things go better? What if, what if? And and look at the positive. And it's going to feel weird because you're going to think, this is unrealistic. This isn't going to happen. Because remember, we're, we naturally gravitate towards that negative space and the worst case scenario. But I can guarantee this. After set a timer and give yourself three solid minutes of future flying and saying only possible positive outcomes, you will feel better about the situation you're in and you will be in a more of a space to work towards productive positive outcomes which is what you want anyways the fourth negative type of thinking this is kind of a sneaky one but this is um, mind reading and mind reading is like assuming that you know what someone else is thinking about you like well they probably think that I do this or I look this way or that I feel this way it's like you you find yourself having an argument with someone in your head even though someone's never actually said something to you. <laughs> you imagine all the terrible sorts of things that they're saying about you that would frustrate or anger or hurt you, and it just piles this shame on. Guys, the reality is we have absolutely no idea what other people are thinking and how they perceive us. And I'm going to say, I'm going to share this with you. I hope this comes out okay because there's like two sides to this. So my high school boyfriend told me this. And when I first heard it, I thought it was the most offensive thing I had ever heard. And then years later, it was probably one of the most freeing things I had ever heard. But I remember I was getting ready. You know, I'm a high schooler. I was super insecure. And I was trying to get my hair perfect, which is hilarious because you get your hair 
like perfect and then you walk outside and the wind blows slightly and it's not perfect anymore. It's really a waste of energy. So anyways, I was trying to get my hair perfect, put my makeup on and he just looks at me and he goes, you know, Jess, what my grandpa told me is that you're not that important that anybody really cares. And when I first heard it, like I said, I was like, "Ooh, ouch, I don't, that stings. I don't, what do you mean I'm not important? I'm special. <laughs> like people care about me. Years later, I realized what he meant by that. It's not that I'm not important. It's that people aren't paying attention to me in, at the level and to the degree at which I pay attention to myself. And when I was able to see it in, from that perspective, it really it took this pressure off. And it helped me to just relax. Like when I walk into a room, I'm thinking, and you know, this is insecure, Jess. Like I used to walk into a room really concerned about how people were looking at me and evaluating me and, you know, what they thought and really nobody cares like I mean they care how I make them feel they care when I connect with them nobody's paying attention to those little insecurities that I was feeling nobody else sees them but me and the only way other people are going to see them is if I tell them about it so it was just it was a freeing thought and it's something I still utilize today you know if I'm having a bad hair day and not feeling great about And this is super, I know this is really superficial, but I just want to give you guys the idea. Like if I'm having a bad hair day, I just kind of go, okay, I bet nobody else is going to notice except for me. And so I just let that thought go because yeah, we all have bad hair days. Okay. Thinking about my bad hair is not going to change it. I mean, taking a shower and redoing it might change it, (laughs) but I'm not, I don't have time to do that. So I'm just going to let the thought go, put it in a floppy and I'm out the door. So the fifth type of negative self-talk is the shame spiral. This is like when the guilt is piled on and you focus on all the bad things or all the ways you've done it wrong, everything that's made you feel guilty or ashamed, and then the thoughts get deeper like, I am a loser, I am worthless, I'm a bad person, there's no hope. Like there's a lot of hopelessness in this negative self-talk. And It sucks because it causes you to give up before you even start. I have seen people waste their entire lives stuck in the shame spiral. It's like they made a mistake, whether it was, and usually these run deep. It's like something went in their life, took a crazy left turn, and they're so stuck there that they lack this sense of worthiness and they ultimately feel unworthy. The thing is, everybody, including me, has some form of regret or feelings of failure. It's part of being human, but the, these things don't define us. And if we don't let them define us, we can actually use them to redefine us and make us better, stronger humans. If we can shift our focus to seeing the good in ourselves, just like we do with other people. I mean, that's the thing. If you're stuck in the shame spiral, um, two things. One, talking to someone. The number one neutralizer for air shame is empathy. So opening up, talking to a friend, a trusted friend, a therapist. Don't hold that stuff inside. And then number two, if you were the trusted friend that someone was coming to with this information, how would you respond to them? A lot of times it's easier for us to give empathy and support to people outside of ourselves. I mean, we hold ourselves to such a high standard and an impossible standard, really. But if we could just like reverse the roles, 
And I'll do this in my sessions where I'll have a client tell me a certain situation that they're so angry at themselves about. Like let's say binging. Um, That one comes up a lot. Like I binged last night and I'm just so angry at myself because I've really been working on um, reducing my intake in that setting. You know, I haven't been binging. I've been fueling my body with food that feels good and strengthens me. And last night I ended up, you know, in the kitchen after everyone was asleep. I ate a whole bag of chips and a carton of ice cream. And so I'll say, okay, let's say I came to you today and I said, you know, I did this last night. I've been doing so good. And then here, I just, I'm so disappointed in myself. I did it again. What would you say to me? Would you look at me and go, you idiot? I can't believe you did that. And they'll usually laugh and go, no, I would never say that. And I'm like, okay. So what would you say? And I'll have them say it to me. This is such a fun exercise because they, people can never say the words to another person that we say to ourselves in our own head. So I really want to challenge you guys to try this. If you find yourself stuck in this shame spiral, like do this reverse role. Find a friend and practice it. It can feel kind of weird because it is. It's vulnerability at its best, but there's so much power in that vulnerability. And it is worth our time to break down these negative thoughts and and rewire them and re-roll them down and carve out a new pathway in our brain. Okay, I want to end with this. So we've got the different types of negative self-talk, identifying them, and some ways to work around them. There is this incredible resource, you guys. It's free to everyone. It is by a woman named Byron Katie. It is called The Work. And she has put together four questions, and it's her signature method of inquiry to help combat some of these negative self-thoughts either about ourselves or experiences or other people. And I'm going to very briefly go over these thoughts, but I want to make sure you guys know that this is something that is available to you. I will put the links in the show notes because it is such a valuable resource in rewiring some of those thoughts we just get so stuck on. So it's four questions. When you have a negative thought in your head, walk yourself through these four questions. Is it true? And the answer, yes or no. Number two, Can I absolutely know that this is 100% true? Now, this is where we start to journal a little bit. Because if we answered yes to the first question, here we might kind of play with it a little bit. Like in all circumstances, is it true? Like we start to find the gray areas in our response to this question. Number three, how do I experience the world and enter situations when I believe this thought? And then number four, who would I be without this thought? And then our final task is then to turn the thought around. So I want to walk you through an example that I did with a client this week. So the thought she had was, I am too fat. So I asked her, is this true? She responded, yes, this is true because I weigh more today than I did last year. Quarantine and COVID hit and I emotionally ate for a year. So yes, I am too fat. Can you absolutely know with 100% certainty that this is true? And here's where we started to play. Well, I don't like my weight, and I know that I've gained weight, but I guess I'm still able to exercise. I can still do a pull-up. I can do push-ups on my knees. So while I don't like where I'm at, I can't 100% for sure say that I am too fat. And so we talked a little bit more about this, and I asked her, okay, so how do you experience the world when you believe this thought, I am too fat? She said, well, when I feel this way, I feel badly about myself and I don't want to go to the gym because I'm embarrassed about how I look. I feel shame. I don't want to take care of myself. So I end up eating foods that don't feel good in my body. 
So who would you be without this thought? She responded, I would be much more free. I would be relaxed. I wouldn't spend my energy feeling awful about myself. And instead, I would probably work out a little harder at the gym instead of feeling insecure, like everyone was looking at me and like I was the last person finishing the workout. And I would actually want to eat the foods that make me feel better instead of what I did last night, which is I felt upset and I sat on the couch and watched Netflix and ate a whole bag of chips. And I'd probably lose more weight if I didn't have this thought. (laughs) So then I asked her to turn it around. She said, I am not too fat because I do take care of myself and I'm able to move in ways that allow me to become stronger every day. It's really fun because when people get to this turnaround spot, their whole body language changes, their tone changes, and they soften. It's a really powerful exercise and something that I think can really help people rewire some of the thoughts we have. And I just want to do a side note here because in the last couple episodes, I've talked about this word fat. I want to be really careful with that word. Um, I think it's something that our culture attaches a lot of negativity to, and we associate the word fat with things like lazy, unproductive, out of control. And there's this really cool movement where people are trying to neutralize that word and working to detach negativity associated with the word fat, because really we all have body fat. We carry it to different degrees depending on our genetics, our story, our history, our season of life. But one of the reasons I think this woman, her thought, I am too fat, was so crippling was because of the negativity that's associated with that word. And in our session, we actually spent quite a bit of time breaking that down. And there was a lot more to it. I mean, we worked through this question in a whole hour session. And I'm just laying it out here for you guys like three minutes. (laughs) And so I want to just be really clear about that because I do recognize there are people in larger bodies and some people find have worked um, like if you guys listened to my interview a few weeks ago with Jen McClellan, she self-identifies as fat and she is someone who calls herself a fat advocate where she is working to neutralize that word and challenge something called fat phobia in our culture, which is like this extreme fear of fat, like being fat is the worst thing you could possibly be. And um, so I just want to throw that out there because I recognize that when we're talking about this particular example, there can be a lot of emotion behind that word. And it's something that um, I'm really working to challenge here on the podcast and my own assumptions and thoughts about body fat. And yeah, so I just wanted to share that last piece with you guys. So check out Byron Katie's The Work. It's called The Work. And try out some of her exercises. She's got worksheets, downloadable PDFs that you can walk through. And even if you don't fully believe the turnaround thought there at the end, I just want you to imagine who you would be and how you would approach your situation with that turnaround thought instead of the negative self-talk. Either way, that new thought, whether you believe it or not, it's going to be one that is gives you a much higher chance of walking towards your goal. It is going to change your posture so that you're open to behavior change. And physiologically speaking, it is going to lower your stress hormones, which allow us to activate something called our prefrontal cortex, which is the decision-making center of our brain. And it's going to allow us to make conscious decisions in each moment that is presented to us and actually work towards our goal. Because we all have a lot of negative self-talk. And ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) All right, my friends, cheers and happy thinking this week. 
Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope it strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, the best way you can thank me is head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, leave a review and subscribe. Then take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you're looking for more resources, be sure to check out my website, JessBrownRD.com. I've got info on my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome Food Foundations, my 10-step ebook on how to beat body bullying, and so much more. I cannot wait to chat with you babes again. Until next time, cheers and happy eating.